Packers fans, it is the Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. Woohoo! 96.7 FM, 580 AM, or streaming live at WKTYSports.com. Celebrating a Packers Week 1 win. It couldn't have came in more dramatic fashion. Obviously some worries, obviously some bad things to talk about, but let's not worry about that yet. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it and let's talk. You can join in and share your thoughts about yesterday's Packer victory at 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. We're going to talk about it all today. We're going to talk about the good. Let's start with the good. We'll get to the bad later. Packers get the win at home in week one against Chicago 24-23 yesterday. Just to cap off a fantastic weekend of sports. I don't know about you all, but I had a great weekend. Maybe you can tell by the tone of my voice. I was in for Dave and Scrady this morning, so I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of running on fumes as well. A lot of, lot of sports radio today, and uh, and there couldn't be a better day for it, to be completely honest. The Packers get an exciting win. The Badgers win. That was kind of expected. That was less exciting. The Brewers sweeping the Giants of San Francisco uh, capping that off yesterday in one of the most exciting Brewer games with some of the most exciting moments that I've seen all day. So don't worry, Brewers fans. I know you're probably excited about the Packers as well. We'll get to the Brewers. we got a full hour to talk about it all, and I cannot wait. It's my favorite time of year, if you can't tell. I'm jacked up, and I bet some of you sports fans are as well. The cool weather, sunshine, college football. You know what? I could sit down on my couch on Saturday at 11 a.m. and not get up until 2 a.m., they sit there for over 12 hours and have nothing but college football just to take it in. Yesterday, sitting on my couch all day. I didn't even care who was playing. It was week one, and I wanted to take it in, enjoying fantasy football as well. Gosh, what a good what a good weekend. Thanks for being here, making me part of your Monday night. I hope you're easing back into the week. All right, although Packers fans, a win like that makes it easier. Vikings fans, I know you're in the same boat, and if you want to join in on the conversation as well, I would love nothing more. 608-796-2558. Give me a call, shoot me a text, and let's talk. Let's get into this Packers game. Let's start with the good stuff. 24-23, the Packers get the win. Aaron Rodgers in an up-and-down game where he left with a knee injury, coming back in the third quarter to start the second half after um, some good and bad from Deshaun Kaiser. Let's leave it there. Rodgers ends up finishing... 20 of 30 for 286, three touchdowns, no picks, and looked brilliant in the second half. On one leg, basically. Hobbling around, looking like he did back in 2014, and the offense made adjustments. There was a a lot of things that they switched around in the second half, and I think that led to a lot of their success on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if that was by way of Joe Philbin, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, whose idea that was. But some things changed in the second half, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Some other stats of note, Randall Cobb with the big day in the receiving core, although he was not alone, 142 yards and a touchdown along of 75, which was the go-ahead touchdown. You know what? I don't want to wait. Let's go right there. Cobb game winner, Aaron Rodgers on third and 10 after just escaping what would have been probably a game-ending interception. Throws to Randall Cobb for this. Rodgers, surveying, fires, that's caught, Randall Cobb into Chicago territory. Randall Cobb inside the 20-yard line. Randall Cobb is going to score. 75 yards. That is crazy. And it was pretty phenomenal fashion. You saw him make the catch on third down. And Packers fans, you probably let out a collective sigh like I did, right? Because they were going to move the sticks. And with over two and a half minutes left, it's not like they needed to score that quickly. They ended up scoring that quickly. 
and put a little stress on the defense as well. That was an exciting play. I love that. I was going to save that, but heck it. Let's let's play the calls. Let's let's soak it all in. Packers, like I said, get the win 24-23. And we're talking about it to start the show today. It's been a while since I've, well, I haven't led with Packers since I've been doing the show. This is the fourth week of the show. And I want to thank you for tuning in and being a part of that. Like I said, Randall Cobb, not alone. Devontae Adams had a great night as well. Five catches for 88 yards, including a long of 51 and a touchdown as well. Geronimo Allison caught another bomb down the right sideline to kind of begin what was the Packers' second half route. You know what? I was going to save that call again. Let's play that one as well. Aaron Rodgers surveying the field, avoiding coverage, and then all of a sudden, oop, guy open, right sideline. One-on-one coverage. Rodgers dancing, throwing to the end zone, and it is holding. Touchdown, Geronimo Allison. Throwing off one foot, dancing around pressure in the backfield. That was, he put it in a bucket. For those of you who didn't watch the game yesterday, I doubt there's very many of you out there. Pretty incredible throw. Great coverage by Kyle Fuller. Put it in the one place that Geronimo Allison had a chance to haul it in, and he did just that. A good day from your top three wide receivers of Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison. Ty Montgomery had an impact here and there as well. Two receptions for 21 yards, had an absolute bomb. A 40-yard-plus catch-and-run play called back on a holding. That'll happen. But Ty Montgomery, regardless, making his impact on this game. Although the Bears, especially in the second half, looked good as well. And that was credit the Bears. I think Matt Nagy came in with an incredibly unique game plan. And I think, as I said on David Scrady this morning, I think he threw everything, including the kitchen sink, at the Green Bay Packers in those first two quarters. And Mike Pettin just stood there and weathered the storm. Then things changed a little bit in the second half. Obviously, a healthy Aaron Rodgers changes things. But if you will remember, Packers fans, Aaron Rodgers, when he started that game, didn't look very good. The Packers offense didn't look very good. And there are some reasons for that. And I want to get into that coming up next. Uh, We got to take a quick break. But I do want to hear from you. So I'm going to give you the info one more time. 608-796-2558. It's not every day, folks, that we have a game like this to talk about. So if you are ever thinking about calling into the Wisco Sports Show, Even if you've never been a caller before, make today your day and chime in. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at KeystrokerGrant, and you can tweet at the station, at WKTY. Either way, I'll see it, and we can talk about it on air. I want to get to your reactions coming up next. And now now that I got some fandom, now that I got some excitement out of the way, we can kind of get into the nuts and bolts of this game, because it was a phenomenal comeback, it was a blast to watch, and there could not have been a better way to cap off not only the start of the Packers' season, but the start of their 100th season. And on Sunday Night Football, you can't ask for much better. So there you go. We, we kind of got the excitement out of the way with, right? So coming up next, we're going to cover a couple things. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Mike McCarthy. I was more upset last night. We talked about it this morning for those of you who uh, who are also listening to Dave and Scrady. I want to get into that again, share a couple things, a couple stats from last night that I think are very telling. Because ultimately, we can celebrate this win. We can enjoy it, and we should. We're Packers fans, right? We should be able to enjoy it. But there's 15 more of these things left to be played. And now with a nicked up Aaron Rodgers and some question marks all over the field, what now? And we'll talk about that coming up next as well. A couple more highlights to play. We can talk about McCarthy. We can get your thoughts on the five-star telecom talking text line and on Twitter. Get them in. Let's talk Packers today. Also coming up later on in the show, I want to talk Brewers. We'll we'll uh, sift through the lineup that has been dropped for tonight. The Brewers are right there. And they're going to vie for this division, especially if they're able to have a successful series against the Chicago Cubs. That starts tonight. A lot going on, 
And while we celebrate this Packers win, while we enjoy it, we can talk about some of the things we didn't like, talk about some of the adjustments you would love to see the Packers make in the future, and we can look forward to the Brewers and what they what they have going for us coming down the stretch here as well. I'm your host, Grant Bills. It's a Packers Monday here on the Wisco Sports Show. We're being fans, but let's get serious coming up. I want your thoughts as well. One more time, 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. Be it a part of the program, the Wisco Sports Show. I will be right back. You're listening to WKTY. It was just that for the Green Bay Packers. Just crazy as Randall Cobb busts off a late game bomb. A lot of yards after the catch to gash the Bears defense for what would ultimately be the game-winning touchdown. My name is Grant. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. And if you can tell, we're a little bit jacked up today. And that's okay. Packers get an exciting win to welcome back football. And their 100th season, which was pretty cool. Able to do it against the Bears is always a good deal. But now let's let's calm down a little bit. And and I'm sure you're you're listening, saying we are calm. Well, I need to calm down a little bit. Couple things we need to cover. We need to we need to talk about why the Packers' offense looks so bad in the first quarter, even with Aaron Rodgers under center. Need to talk about that. We need to talk about the defense and how they started slow, but then recovered and ultimately won the Packers the game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously did what was necessary, but it did come down to the defense. Got the stops when they needed them. Maybe you could say bend but don't break. I personally hate that expression because I think it's used to compliment a bad defense uh, when you need to look for a way to compliment a bad defense. And then as uh, as well, Aaron Rodgers' injury. And, and we're waiting on updates today. We're taking what we can get little bits and pieces at a time. So we'll talk about that as well. But I want to hear from you. 608-796-2558. That's a five-star telecom Talk and text line. Let's start with the offense in the first quarter. I always try to take notes during the Packer game. Sometimes it doesn't go well. Yesterday, I, I w- almost found myself taking notes just to keep myself sane in the first half. Something to grab onto, that and uh, my rum and coke. But it was interesting. Packers come out almost impotent on offense, right? It was stale. And it was that same kind of that Mike McCarthy Packers special that we've been seeing for years now. You all know what I'm talking about. Three wide receivers, a tight end, a running back. Aaron Rodgers drops back and holds the ball way too long. Tries to make something way too big happen. There's not really route combinations going on. There's no attempt for the routes to combine to get each other open. It's up to the wide receivers. And when Aaron Rodgers is warmed up and there's chemistry and the ball is flowing and the offensive line is blocking and Lambeau is rocking, that works pretty well. And we've seen that in years past, right? But last night, that was definitely not the case. They came out. They went three and out on the first drive, which quieted the stadium down. Bears go down, get a score, and all of a sudden, you're behind the eight ball a little bit. And instead of slowing things down, trying to manufacture some yards, you try to play loose. You try to play free. And not only do you not score, not only do you not move the ball, but you get Aaron Rodgers knocked around a couple times and landed on by a 300-pound lineman. I'm not saying their offensive game plan wasn't good. There was no creativity. There's nothing. So, you know what? I take it back. I guess I am saying it wasn't good. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, coming back, and playing well is going to overshadow that ugly first quarter and and second quarter, ultimately, as well. It was really the first half as a whole. And another thing. I'm sure you all noticed this as well, and the NBC broadcast made it abundantly clear on the offensive side of the ball. Did the Packers not come in with a game plan to block Khalil Mack? 
I understand that Vic Fangio's number one priority and and probably number one thought all night was finding ways to get Khalil Mack in an isolation situation and try to get him to Aaron Rodgers. So I understand that 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 adage where the other team's getting paid too. Yeah, I understand that. And the Bears were probably scheming very hard to try to get Khalil Mack free and try to get him opportunities. But at the same time, I don't think the Packers were trying very hard to block Khalil Mack. McCarthy, listen to me when I talk. And Packers fans everywhere. Because we're in agreement, right? I like Brian Bulaga. I think when he is healthy, he is one of the best right tackles in the league. Whatever that means, top 10, top 8, top 5, he's a good right tackle. And the Packers have stood by him through injuries because of that. And they have given him large contracts and paid him because they know when he is healthy, he is a great right tackle and fits what they try to do. They're a zone-blocking team. that isn't, They're not necessarily road graders. They're not going to open huge holes for the running game. But they space out the pass rushers, and they give Aaron Rodgers the flexibility and the freedom to work. That's the kind of offensive line that Ted Thompson and ultimately Brian Gutekunst have worked together to design. One that is very good in pass protection and is so-so to below average in run blocking. Brian Bulaga is a good right tackle. I like him. I'm glad that they didn't cut him and they're sticking with him even after that ACL injury. But leaving him on an island over and over and over again against Khalil Mack and not giving him help of any kind is asinine and it's stupid and it's fruitless. And you saw it because NBC took the time last night to put together a montage of Khalil Mack whooping Brian Bulaga's butt, almost slipped there on air, coming around the corner. Every once in a while, yeah, I get it. Brian Bulaga is going to be stuck in an isolation situation. And when that happens, he will hold his own. Because like I said, he is a very good pass-blocking right tackle. But all offseason, and Packers fans, you know this. Because we've been hearing the same storylines all winter long. Because there's really not that much to talk about. Or all summer long, excuse me. All offseason, we've been hearing about how good the Packers have gotten at tight end with Mercedes Lewis. One of the best blocking tight ends. What a great depth piece for the Packers. Lance Kendricks is experienced. Jimmy Graham's not a great blocker, but he's a Big athletic tight end. We'll see how they use these guys. And yesterday, they didn't use them at all. You know what? I'm actually going to look at the stats. I want to see how how many snaps Mercedes Lewis was on the field. I'm going to find that during this next break. I don't have a producer or a lackey to put on that. But I am going to find that during the next break. And we'll wrap up the Packers talk with that. But was I the only one who noticed that yesterday? They made no effort. Philbin, Camp and the offensive line coach. I don't know what his say is in that. Mike McCarthy. They were comfortable leaving Brian Bulaga on an island with possibly the biggest freak of nature in the NFL right up there next to Von Miller, Khalil Mack. And look what he did. That's the result you expect. When there was trash talk from the Bears earlier on in the week about how they can't block Khalil Mack. It's kind of true. Khalil Mack's a freak of nature and he will take most offensive linemen to task. Brian Bulaga will hold his own, but you got to give him help too. It doesn't matter. I don't care if he's going up against Forrest Gregg. He's going to beat you once or twice if you don't give him help. I, I just, man, oh man, oh man. I could not figure that out for the life of me. Hopefully some of you are in agreement. Got some action on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the program, the Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I agree with you that Mac is a freak of nature, but one of the hard things they have to do is those guys have to block with Rodgers running around with Kaiser back there, and it's hard to figure out where he's at. If you remember the interception he had um, and some of the other plays, he was in the right position, Balaga was, but, I mean, he didn't do an end around and get a sack or anything like that. Most of it came because the quarterback was scrambling, and I think Mack is just an awesome player. If you noticed who put pressure on Cobb when he scored that touchdown at the end of the game, 
Khalil Mack was on the goal line as a defensive lineman. He's just a freak of nature. But I, I agree you need to somehow get that guard to help Blaga on the inside so he can keep him contained. And I agree. i got to ask you one more thing, if you're willing to hold on for just a sec. Do you think because Aaron Rodgers injured that leg, he was less mobile, forced to stay in the pocket and, and get the ball out a little quicker? That had to be part of the reason why the pass rush was slowed down in the second half, right? I totally agree with that. And part of the hard part of the first half was the receivers weren't open, to, so he had to scramble longer. Those offensive linemen had to hold their blocks longer. I do think they did a great job, but I think they did an okay job against the defense. That Chicago defense was really good that first half. It was, and that Chicago defense, uh, I'm afraid, is going to be good for a long time. I appreciate the phone call. Awesome stuff. Thank you. Thank you for taking some time being part of the program, the Wisco Sports Show. Anybody else? 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Man, I I ranted for Khalil Mack for a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Plain and simple, to me... In all phases, I think the Packers came out unprepared on offense. I just don't think they had any wrinkles specifically prepared for Chicago. And I know because we've read and we've heard now for weeks that the Packers have been game planning for Chicago. They're not really worrying about the preseason. They're game planning for Chicago. That's what you came out with? And I agree with the caller, and I think he did a really good job to reel me in and put this in perspective. Khalil Mack is incredible, and there's a handful of players in the NFL as good as him only one as good as him as his position, and that's Von Miller. I mean, those two guys are it. That's it. In terms of outside pass rushers. So I take nothing away from Khalil Mack. But because he is that good, and he's more than just another name on the roster, that should be all the more reason for Mike McCarthy and the rest of that offensive staff, especially since it's week one, and you've been game planning it for this long, to give Brian Bulaga some help. Or David Bakhtiari some help. Anybody. Put... Mercedes Lewis out there. Put Jamal Williams offset eye to the right side. He showed the ability to be great in pass protection last night. Man, oh man. Awesome phone call, though. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Be part of the program. Call back anytime. Love to have you. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' knee for a second. I want to talk about one thing before we wrap up the Packers chatter and move to Brewers at least for a segment or two here. Did anybody else watch the post-game press conference last night? And I'm not just talking about the one with Michelle Tafoya on the field. That that as well. Not only that, but the post-game press conference inside the uh, the little, I don't know, the press conference room. I don't know if it has a name. But the one out on the field and the one in the room. Now, I've watched it a couple times. And, of course, I've seen things like this on social media, too. People drawing this out. Aaron Rodgers kind of looked stoned, didn't he? I think he was hopped up on some stuff. And I bet he was hopped up on some stuff. It's just kind of funny that it came through on camera. So here is Aaron Rodgers talking to Michelle Tafoya on NBC last night, asking about his injury, what was going on at halftime. Just listen to Rodgers a little bit. And I've heard dozens and dozens of Aaron Rodgers interviews. He speaks pretty slowly, thinks pretty hard about what he says. There's normally not a lot of ums and ohs. He's pretty deliberate with what he says. But listen to this interview. You can't help but laugh. What's the injury? My knee. Um... You know, I just felt something in it. Just having a hard time putting weight on it. Uh, Doc and I had a conversation there. You know, we did a test. I told him I was going back. Told him told him I was going back? <laughs> he, he, where did the Southern accent come from? I, I want to know what Aaron Rodgers was on after that game. Whatever it was, it was well-deserved. Yeah, What's the injury? It was my knee. My knee. It was my knee. God, that's all. What's the injury? It's my knee. My knee. Yeah, dude. 
I'm sitting in my living room last night with my roommates laughing my can off because Aaron Rodgers is on national TV, hopped up on Vicodin or something. His pupils are dilated. He's having an issue keeping it together. He's smiling from ear to ear because he's like, oh, man. <laughs> that was uh, that was just another positive on last night's miraculous and exciting Green Bay Packers season opener win. 24-23 to was the final score. A couple news and notes because I know somebody will call or text in and remind me of this. And thank you. I appreciate that. you got to keep me honest. A couple things from last night that I thought uh, were very, very poor and I need to mention. Number one, Kyle Fuller's got to come down with that interception. Uh, my dad always used to tell me, watching, uh, who was it? Tremont Williams, Al Harris, Atari Bigby. I don't know what it was about those three guys in that era of Packers defense, 2010 and slightly before, about how they were always dropping interception. My dad would always say, yeah, that's why they're not wide receivers. Last night, Kyle Fuller, that's not that's why you're not a wide receiver, man. Man, oh man. Chance to ice the game away. There's one, uh, one little noteworthy tidbit for the Bears. Another was Matt Nagy choosing to kick the field goal with two minutes and 45 seconds left on fourth and one in the red zone. And he chose to kick the field goal. And, and I've seen from multiple sources now, not only local things that I was checking out this morning and, and local papers that, and, and articles, I guess not newspapers, but you know Packers news sites like the Journal Sentinel, the Press Gazette, PackersNews.com, that sort of thing. They were all kind of saying, yeah, Nagy, I probably would have went for it there. But then tuning into national stuff, whether it was ESPN Today or Fox Sports 1, Matt Nagy probably should have went for it there. And I think if he could do it over again, he would go for it there. Because I think when you have the ball in the red zone and you've moved it down the field to this point, I think you got to try it on the road. you got to try to win the game right there. Two and a half minutes. Aaron Rodgers was unstoppable at that point. He was on another level. I'm not saying I would have had the stones as Matt Nagy to go for it there, but I'm not an NFL coach. So I think that probably would have been the correct move. Uh, one other thing, Clay Matthews, you saw me tweeting about how Clay Matthews looked drunk on the field last night. This uh, I saw this on Twitter right before I went live here today. I, I got to read you this. So this is from, uh, not Rich Eisen. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, right here. Andy Herman of Cheesehead TV. This was uh, retweeted, we retweeted, holy smokes, by Corey Banky, also of Cheesehead TV. So, so this is Clay Matthews' news and notes from last night. Matthews with a brutal 29.8 score from Pro Football Focus as an edge rusher putting him at 74th out of 74th in their eligible edge rusher ranking so far. Obviously, we have two games tonight. To put that in perspective, and this is very accurate, he was basically the pass rusher equivalent of Nathan Peterman's quarterback performance this week. 74 of 74. Clay Matthews, worst graded edge rusher in the league this week. So far, I know there's two games tonight. And you might say, pro football focus... You know, that's a lot of numbers. You can you can spin things any way you want. I agree. Pro football focus and the numbers that they use is only one metric. But the difference of being the last graded pass rusher in the league and simply just average is a huge difference. I don't, that's not a that's not a semantics difference. That's not a wording difference. That's not a a, a, ble- a blurp on the stat sheet. That's awful. And to compound it. Clay Matthews made one of the dumbest penalties, and I'm not exaggerating, that I've seen in my lifetime as a Packer fan. What the hell are you doing, Clay? 
I'm not roughing the passer call in the fourth quarter. The Packers very well could have lost and probably should have lost the game on that, seeing it was only a field goal game. Gosh, Clay Matthews is driving me up the wall yesterday. All right, speaking of driving me up the wall, I'm driving myself up the wall, and we should talk about some Brewers before we run out of time today because if I keep ranting about the Packers, we're going to have no time left to talk. So, Brewers coming up next. They finished a sweep of the San Francisco Giants this weekend. Let's talk about it, and if you want to talk about it as well, get in on the action. 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talking text line. We already have one call today. The seal's been broken. See, it's possible. You can call in. We can chat. We can talk sports on the air, and it's a good time. Don't hesitate. We're talking brews coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on right here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills, and I'm excited today. I bet you are as well for that Packers Week 1 win, getting the one-point escape from uh, from Lambeau Field against the Chicago Bears. Chicago's going to be good. For a long time. I I think Mitch Trubisky showed his athleticism last night. I think he showed his ability to throw the ball accurately, to be smart, to be athletic and run when he needed to be. And that defense is the real deal. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, and Prince Mukamura pretty good in the secondary. And uh, I know there's there's one player I'm missing as, as well. Who cares, though? It's the Bears. And as they showed yesterday, even sometimes they still suck. Just a little bit. Kyle Fuller uh, dropping that interception that would have sealed the deal. Tom chimes in. Only three words needed. Catch the ball. Yep. And uh, I bet we were all, all you Bears fans were probably yelling that at your TV last night. Catch the ball. I was yelling at my TV in my house all alone on Sunday. Uh, Hopefully you guys had some friends to watch with. I was taking in the Brewers who were taking on the San Francisco Giants. Trying to sweep a team. Now the Brewers have won series upon series upon series here in September. And I was talking to Hunter as we were filling in for Dave and Scrady this morning on this very same station, that the Brewers, it may not feel like it, but they are playing some really good baseball. Really good baseball. And it doesn't feel like it, but they're on a hot streak. Now, their inability to, to, to get sweeps, probably, I mean, you, you have a loss either every other day or every two days, that can kind of damper the feeling of a hot streak. But the Brewers have been winning games upon games upon games. And yesterday they went for the sweep and they were finally able to capitalize it. One of my favorite plays in baseball, and this didn't really happen on Sunday, but it kind of happened. I'll explain to you what I mean. I think one of the coolest things in baseball, regardless of if it's your team or if it's the other team, is when a pitcher intentionally walks a batter to face the next batter because obviously they're the inferior hitter, correct? So you're, you're walking, say, Ryan Braun, Andrew McCutcheon, Albert Pujols, Chris Bryant, whoever, just sticking in the NL Central. You're walking that guy, to face the next guy who you're more confident in getting out, right? You're, you you think that the next person is way less likely to burn you with a hit and an RBI than the person batting in front of them, so you pitch around them. You intentionally walk them. That kind of happened yesterday, but not really with Madison Baumgartner as Ryan Braun steps to the plate. Now, Ryan Braun's been hitting the ball really, really well. Maybe doesn't feel like it because he takes a day off every once in a while, but Ryan Braun has been hitting... Very, very well. And Madison Bumgarner wanted nothing to do with him. So instead of intentionally walking him, he does kind of the more casual pitch round. And as baseball fans, Brewer fans, we, we understand, right? You're not going to intentionally walk them, but you're not going to give him a pitch to hit. Maybe you're going to pitch him down and away. You're going to keep the ball down. You're going to keep the ball up. Essentially, the pitcher's saying, I'm going to give you four really dumpy pitches. And if you're dumb enough and gullible enough to swing at him, great. If not, I'll put you on first and I'll pitch to the next guy. Well, that happened, except Madison Bumgardner. I don't know if there's beef between him and Ryan Braun that was unbeknownst to the rest of us. 
decided to come inside on the very first pitch and throw at Braun's head, over Braun's head. Which naturally draws some eyes, and now everyone's paying attention. And instead of just deciding to therefore intentionally walk Ryan Braun or give him four outside pitches, he comes back inside and hits him on the last play of the at-bat. Which uh, which just isn't okay, right? And uh, Ryan Braun gets put on first base, and next thing you know, Jonathan Scope comes to the plate with two outs, Jonathan Scope's probably feeling he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, right? I cannot believe you'd rather face me than Ryan Braun. And one of the best things in sports, when that hitter makes the pitcher pay for his decision to face him instead of the previous batter. This is what Jonathan Scope had to say about that. How do you like that for Jonathan Scope? And that was not only exciting because Braun was hit and essentially put on base to pitch Jonathan Scope, but Craig Council was thrown out arguing with Ryan Braun being hit, Wade Miley gets tossed from afar. So did Jacob Nottingham, apparently. We didn't see it on the Brewers broadcast. I read about it later that day. Home plate umpire going after everyone. Bench is cleared. And then after everything had settled down, Jonathan Scope steps up and crushes one into left field for four runs. Part of his five RBI day. And feels good after he was such a slow starter this year for him to be a part of that big win yesterday. And the Brewers continue in Chicago tonight. Uh, 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talking text line. I saw we had some action on the phone. Must have not wanted to wait very long. Sorry I couldn't get to you. If you still want to chat, call back. We'll get you right on. No worries. Thanks for being patient. You can also reach us on Twitter at WKTY. You can find me at Grant. The Brewers, and we'll talk about the lineup here before we move on for our final segment of the day. Have three against the Cubs. They have some action against the Pirates. They have the Tigers down the stretch and a very favorable schedule. Nine at home, nine on the road, I believe. Hunter was giving us the rundown this morning as he's got his mind wrapped around this, ready for a postseason push. All three uh, games for the Brewers coming up this week are going to be on WKTY. Tonight, a 7-10 pitch, which means pregame gets underway at 635 right here on WKTY. Meaning after this show, you only got to wait 30 minutes. And we got some Brewers baseball. Feels awesome. Brewers getting the win on Sunday to complete that sweep. And I don't know about you guys. There, there was a, a second during that Packer game where I thought, you know, go Brewers. Here we go. If Aaron Rodgers is going down, I'm suddenly going to jump on the Brewers bandwagon even farther. Because if we're going to have Aaron Rodgers-less football, these Brewers better provide me with some sporting entertainment down the stretch here this fall. Or I'm going to feel cheaped out of some, cheaped out of some sports, to be completely honest. Luckily, that wasn't the case, and and I'll continue to keep you updated if we do get any news on that Aaron Rodgers injury as it pertains to the rest of the season. As of yesterday, or as for last night, however, Aaron Rodgers uh, may be in some pain, maybe hopped up on just a couple of painkillers after the game uh, and in the post-game interview. Oops, yeah. Uh, After the interview with Michelle Tafoya, talking about how much pain he's in. You know, my knee developed a southern accent. (laughs) It's It's funny. Maybe you don't think so. I think it's hilarious. My knee. Ryan Braun almost taking that pitch off the knee. Took it in the stomach. Setting up Jonathan Scope for that grand slam. Awesome weekend for the Brewers. Awesome weekend for the Packers. You should be just as excited as I am. And if you want to get your thoughts in before we wrap up today, 608-796-2558. We'll wrap up when we come back. You're listening to WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Final segment coming up. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. A blast and a half today. Thanks for joining me. Hope you had a great weekend. It's hard not to if you're a Wisconsin sports fan. Heck, if you're a Minnesota sports fan as well. I think you saw things from Kirk Cousins that you liked. And you saw 
uh, a team with a really high potential to be really good this year as well. Next weekend, if you're a Packers fan, you're already looking forward to that game. A lot of things need to go right, I think, for the Packers to win that game. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, little, a little Packers news. Nothing major, but I'll pass it along. Uh, this is per Rob Domovsky. Cornerback Quentin Rollins and running back Devontae Mays were both released from injured reserve on Monday, meaning they reached injury settlements with the Packers per a source. Of course, that now opens them uh, up to sign with another team or possibly play later again this season or down the road in their career. But it sounds like both Quentin Rollins and running back Devontae Mays, their career as Green Bay Packers is over. Part of Quentin Rollins, one of those, well, and I guess uh, Devontae Mays, although different position, a little bit different circumstances. One of the poorer draft picks from some of the poorer draft classes, to put it lightly for Ted Thompson. And that's why you see Brian Gutekinds trying to rebuild that secondary. And they looked pretty good last night. I I'm, I look forward to watching Jari Alexander. I look forward to watching Josh Jackson and Kevin King. I think that could be a group, good group of players. I wasn't blown away, but they held their own last night, and I look forward to uh, to seeing that continue. So there's your Packers injury news. Nothing on Aaron Rodgers yet. I'm not an insider. I'm just passing the word along. So uh, we'll get into the Brewers lineup here in just a moment. We got a, a couple talks, uh, a text on the Five Star Telegram talking text line. Mary who's streaming us, says, does Danica have a southern accent? Maybe that's where it came from. That's a very good point, Mary. Thank you for your text. I think maybe he's trying to pick up on Danica's accent. I think that might My be knee. it. My knee. Exactly. And and you did see him at the welcome back luncheon. The cowboy hat, the bolo tie, the all-denim fit. I Maybe Aaron Rodgers just wants to be a cowboy. Although I don't... Are those the same accents? I don't know. I'm not an accent expert either. I'm not really an expert on anything, I guess, uh, come to think of it. So there's your Packers. I, I'm excited, and thank you for being excited with me and, and putting up with my fandom today. Let's talk Brewers as they close in on the Chicago Cubs, and hopefully some some Brewers fans will join them in Wrigley Field as well tonight. I doubt they'll be able to be 50-50 or 80-20 like the, like the Chicago fans make it in, in Miller Park. But here's your starting lineup. Uh, this dropped just earlier today. Lorenzo Cain hitting leadoff in center. Christian Yelich in right field hitting second. Jesus Aguilar at first base. Pretty typical. That's starting to be your go-to starting lineup, those three at the top. Ryan Braun hitting fourth. He's in left field. Jonathan Scope swinging the hot bat with a little pop right now. He's at second base hitting fifth. Moustakis hitting sixth at third base. And then Kratz, Arcia, and Miley all rounding out your order. If Jonathan Scope can can stay hot and to continue to hit a home run here and there as well, that gives Council the opportunity to play Orlando Arcia even more and sure up the defense in that middle infield and not need to rely on him and his bat, although he has been hitting better Lately, he's not been a world beater, but you don't need a world beater, world beaters up and down your lineup if you can get production from the guys who you expect it from. So Kane, Yelich, Aguilar, Braun, Scope, Moustakis, Kratz, Arcia, Miley is your starting lineup today. Wade Miley will take the mound opposite John Lester tonight for the Cubs. So a couple lefties in the lineup. That might be why you're not seeing Travis Shaw in there. Uh, just possibly. Although with Jonathan Scope hitting the hot bat, he's he's shown the ability, and you saw this in Baltimore too. I feel like we have to bring up every time that Jonathan Scope is in the discussion. Well, remember he was Player of the Week when the when the Brewers brought him over. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was a while back now. But uh, but when Jonathan Scope gets hot, we have seen him have the ability in the past to turn that into a streak and really really affect games at the plate. And now, of course, with the expanded rosters, you have the opportunity to have Keon Broxton later in games to pinch run and play defense. Maybe give you some pop at the plate as well. To have Travis Shaw on the bench to bring on in situational at-bats is killer too. So I, I, Craig Council is loving this lineup right now. And more importantly, they're going into this uh, this 
Giants series pretty well rested up and down the roster. Especially their bullpen. Hader and Jeffress were definitely eased by the fact that Knable has been able to come back and give them some meaningful innings the last two days. So on Saturday or Sunday, one of the games, they were able to close out without Jeffress or Hader. So you got to love that if you're a Brewers fan. You can kind of sneak through without using some of those arms and save them for the Cubs series. Although I think Craig Council has has stated his thoughts that every game is equal and he doesn't take the Cubs series uh, any more seriously than the rest. Although if he believes that deep down, that's a whole other conversation. But that's the face that he's shown to the media. So you got to keep that in mind. Brewers get underway on WKTY here right at 630. That'll be the pregame. So as soon as I get off, go grab a snack. Get a drink for tonight, settle in, and uh, and get ready for some Brewers-Cubs baseball because first pitch will get underway at 7-10. But of course, you want to check out the pregame here on WKTY. A reminder, for those of you who are just new to the streaming game or maybe you have downloaded our mobile app, I've been trying to push that. You can stream us wherever you go. Going on a run, bring your phone and some headphones. You can listen to me or any of our fine programming on the run. Listen to us out of the listening area on the app or or streaming online. That's great as well. But just remember that you cannot listen to Brewers games or Packers games on the stream. I'm sure many of you know that. But if you don't, I'll just remind you. Don't plan on uh, on streaming Brewers games because then we get in trouble as, trouble as a station. And nobody wants that. So remember that. And Brewers getting underway at 630 pregame. 710 first pitch as they take on the Cubs. I like the starting lineup. I'm I've been impressed I don't want to say necessarily frustrated or disappointed. I've been impressed that Council has played Eric Kratz down the stretch as much as he has. I think the defense that Manny Pena gives you is really, really valuable. I'm not saying Kratz is bad defensively. He can throw a base runner out here and there. He's no Manny Pena. But he can throw a base runner out, and I, I think he shows great poise behind the plate, and he can come out and have a discussion with a pitcher. I'm comfortable with Kratz back there. But I'm just surprised. You'd have told me a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago that Kratz was going to have meaningful playing time with a healthy Manny Pena on the field, on the team. I'd be surprised. And I and I think the Brewers are in a pretty good spot because they have the ability to go back and forth with those two guys. So Miley, Lester tonight, the starters, or I guess the probables, nothing is, a, nothing is ever for sure. But you got to figure those two guys will take the hill tonight at 7-10. And I can't wait. I, I was talking about this last week. Brewers, Cubs, I'm living or dying with every pitch. Every single pitch. Like Packers, every single play, living or dying. And I'm sure you guys do as well. Don't really do that in baseball. Brewers, Cubs, no matter what time of the year, I'm locked in. I'm glued to the TV. So tonight is going to be a fun night. I am going to head home. I'm going to relax tonight. I'm going to take in some Monday night football with the roommates. I'm going to put the the Brewer game up on my computer next to me and keep tabs with that as well. Isn't it great to have all of our sports running at once? College football, MLB, and NFL. I think most importantly, to be able to say that we have meaningful Brewers baseball in September is possibly the best part of all of that. And that's been so much fun to watch. So, Jets, Lions tonight. You have a little bit of NFC North action, so that's pertinent. And then later on, we have Rams and... Uh, who's the other team? Rams are playing somebody later tonight. Raiders. They visit the Raiders. So, yeah, actually, pretty entertaining night. You get to see a division team who is obviously pertinent, whether you're a Packers fan or Vikings fan or heck, a Bears fan. See how the Lions start off their year. They're starting against Sam Darnold, who will make his NFL debut on national television for the Jets. And then you get to see the L.A. Rams, who have a star-studded roster, visit the Black Hole and the Oakland Raiders, and you get to see John Gruden coach. 
And who knows how that's going to go? I don't know, but I'm Jack to watch. So settle in tonight, and we'll be talking about it all tomorrow. We should have a fantastic week lined up here on the Wisco Sports Show. Keep in mind as well that Dave and Scrady will be back tomorrow. If you got sick of Hunter, you got sick of me, don't worry. Dave and Scrady will be back tomorrow morning. They'll get you your trending now. They'll bring you the news of the day in the way that only they can. So be excited for that. Wisco Sports Show will be back on tomorrow at this exact same time. We'll continue the NFL Packers talk as news hopefully comes out about Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't hold my breath, but we can hope, can't we? We can talk about Brewers Cubs so far. A lot of good stuff going on. Remember, I on the Eagles Nest takes over on Wednesday. Or I on the Eagles live from the Eagles Nest. And keep in mind... UW lacrosse football making some moves. I wish I would have had a little bit more time to talk about that today. But UWL football knocking off Illinois Wesleyan at their place on Saturday. And that boosts UW lacrosse into the top 25 rankings. They sit at number 23. As Bill Michaels would say, how are we looking? How are we looking, UWL football? So don't worry. We'll have all your UWL football coverage here on WKTY, including you get to hear from Mike Schmidt, Dave, Scrady, and a couple of the players on Wednesday as well. How, how awesome is that? You don't really have to go out of your way to stay updated on UWL football because you get to hear from the coach and the players who are on the inside each and every week. If you don't like listening, that's fine too. Get over to the Eagles Nest and say hello. Put a name with a face. I'm not going to lie. Dave and Scrady, myself as well, we have a face for radio. Don't expect uh, don't expect too much, but come out to meet us at the Eagles Nest. Coach Schmidt, I'm sure, would love to shake your hand and get introduced as well as he is all in, not only for this team, but for this college in this community as well. It's an awesome, awesome show. And uh, and want to, you want to be a part of it. Either way, uh, whether you're there or whether you're listening here on WKTY. Badgers got the win. We didn't talk any Badgers today, did we? All right, we'll talk about some of that tomorrow. Brewers chatter will continue all the way through the season. And I am so lucky, so blessed, and so excited to be able to do that. And I know you are as well. I get texts. I get tweets. I get Facebook messages all the time. Gotta talk Brewers. I'm excited about the Brewers, even more so than the Badgers or the Packers. And that's awesome, and I'm so glad that we get to do that together this fall. So let's continue to talk Brewers as the week goes on. Fun Monday Night Football tonight. A whole lot of good stuff going on. This has been the Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thank you so much for tuning in. Trying to make this a routine, right? We're in our fourth week. Thanks uh, for those of you who've been tuning in on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. We're building something fun here on WKTY, and I can't wait to uh, to be a part of this as this goes along. Thank you for tuning in. Same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.